ladies and gentlemen. Pay attention. This is your boy, the coach from the WWE. I would like to welcome you to the very first wrestling podcast in the world to take you on a weekly deep dive in the classic matches along with legends of the squared circle. Enjoy the discussion. Enjoy the back and forth. There's so much to get into. Ladies and gentlemen, this is The Payoff. Welcome to an all-new episode of The Payoff. I'm Tom. That's Jeff. It's 2024. How, how long have we been doing this? What was our first year doing this? Do you know? Our first, I don't even, like, I have, I'm a, I'll look for us. I, I feel like so it was forever yeah, ago. I, so I, I have, I have a, I'm looking at a list of every episode we've ever done. Uh, our first episode aired on July 15th. The mm-hmm. problem is, I don't know what year that was, but we're on episode, well, we're on episode, what is this? 229. A 229. So we've been doing this for what? Four, over four years, four and a half yeah. years. See, that any, would have been- any- you said July, uh, yeah. What do we got here? It's pulling up here. I guess we started in like 2019. 7 11 19. That go. was the first episode. But if you remember, we we kind of accidentally phantom dropped the episode two because you remember I texted you like, hey, people <laughs> found the episode on Reddit and they were talking about our episode. Like, man, this was this. We had Vicky Guerrero and they're like, Vicky gave a really good interview with this random new podcast. Like, yeah. like yeah. That was Crazy. wild. Yeah, it was, a, it was. A, I mean, it was a. It was a great conversation with her. I mean, I. You know, I, I will yeah. tell you. You know, we obviously from time to time will interview someone and and talk about their match. And sometimes those interviews go well, and sometimes they're like pulling teeth. It's. Uh, it's. It's. Yeah, it's interesting. That was, that was but, a, is a really well loved one. Yeah, but man, five years this upcoming summer. But we're we're going to crank it out. Yeah. We're feeling good. Wow. So, all right. Well, I'm, I'm excited for this match. I, it's timely because of when it occurred. Um, timely because yep. Nakamura is, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd say in a prominent position in the Fed. Um, yep. Before we jump into it, why did you pick this match? Yeah, this is one. So it's also, it's uh, Wrestle Kingdom this week. And so they're, of course, they're WrestleMania, if you will, um, in New Japan. And so this was one too. Um, I, when I was looking at, I always, you know, try and slot some of these at this time of year, especially because of Wrestle Kingdom. And so it's hard to not like Nakamura. I know this was uh, one of the first matches I saw with him. Kota Bushi, a lot of people may just know him from that cruiserweight cha- or, uh, tournament that they did. And he had uh, him and Cedric Alexander. It had just a, a classic match on that, but Kodobushi's been around a lot longer than that. Like this match taking place in 2015. Um, little spoiler here: it is a five star match um, from oh. our favorite star giver Meltzer, and so um, yeah, just a lot of reasons to cover this one. And kind of you know, you teach me the ways of ECW, I try and teach you the ways of New Japan. So that's what we're doing. All right, well, let's jump into the build. Oh! It's time for the build. All right. So this is the New Japan WrestleMania. Um, admittedly, I know very little about New Japan. So Jeff often guides us here on pronunciations and history and everything else. But I'm looking forward to covering this. It is a five-star match. Uh, this is 2015, January 4th. We're in the Tokyo Dome. There's 
36,000 in attendance for Wrestle Kingdom 9. Uh, we had Yuji Nagata win the uh, New Japan Rumble. I- interestingly enough, this was not a well-liked match. And mm-hmm. 15-man Rumble that went 26 minutes. I, I mean, I guess that kind of pencils out to how long a real Rumble would be, but maybe it just went a little too long. Uh Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly are going to win a four-way tag team match for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championships um, over Forever Hooligans, Time Splitters, and the Young Bucks. Yes, Am I that's correct. That right? Okay. Yeah, young, <laughs> young tag team. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. Executive yeah. vice presidents. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I got to tell you, I do not find them to be likable people. No. Um, yeah, I mean, right now, yeah. May- maybe it's because I'm a punk mark, but man, I just, ugh. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll talk more about it. Um, yeah. Okay, this is this is going to be a tricky one for me. Hiroshi Tenzin, Satoshi Kojima, Tamoki Onma. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if I'm close. Maybe close, I am. Yep. They're yep. going to win a six man tag match against the Bullet Club. Uh, Karen Jarrett uh, and Scott Demore in the corner of the Bullet Club. That's that's kind of fun, um, right? Now this is a fun one: the eight man tag match. Mm-hmm. You got to you got to help me out with this. Yeah, so Marafuji, TMDK, so the Mighty Don't Kneel is what that one stands for, and Toro Yano. They beat Suzuki Gun, which is oddly, uh, kind of a crazy uh, tag yeah. team here. You had Davey Boy Smith Jr., uh, Lance Archer, who we all still know as being around, Shelton Benjamin, which, yes, it's that Shelton Benjamin, and Azuka. And so, yeah, just a, <laughs> some, some names we know, yeah. Yeah, I, man, Davey Boy Smith Jr., it's just hard to believe nothing really ever. I mean, again, I, I, he worked in different. I just always thought he was kind of tailor-made for WWE with the legacy and his, mm-hmm. you know, build. And I, I don't know. And it's just even they even signed him. Like, I feel like over the summer or something, maybe it was even longer than that. But, um, man, just nothing really happened. So mm-hmm. thought that yeah. was interesting. All right. Wh- why, why don't you knock out these you want me to help ones? you out this? Yeah, there we go. Please so we of course, uh, Suzuki beating Sakuraba. This was a could only a match which could only end in knockout submission or referee stoppage. Uh, Makabe beat Ishii. This was for the Never Open Weight Championship. Then we start getting into the heart of the card at this point. Match seven, you had uh, I guess, oh, really an up and comer at this point. Uh, Kenny Omega with the Bucks beating Taguchi. That was for uh, that was a actually uh, Omega winning the belt for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship, a 13 minute match. Um, you had Mayu Tag, which was Goto and Shibata beating the Bullet Club of Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson. We know them, of course. That was for and again another uh, belt change there, the IWGP Tag Team Championship in nine match. Uh, and then we get into the tri-main event, I guess, as I would call it here. First, you have AJ Styles and uh, Naito in a singles match for about 15 minutes. Then you have this match that we're going to get into for the IWGP Intercontinental Championship, which was Nakamura and Kota Ibushi. And then the main event uh, on this one was Tanahashi beating Okada. That was for the heavyweight championship. And so some big names uh, in New Japan kind of wrapping this show up. It's what you would expect. Um, Really high stars here. The match we're covering was actually more highly rated than um, 
the let me see here more highly rated than the main event and the match that preceded it and so those were both four and three quarters this one coming in at five though so uh we picked the one i guess that should hopefully be a little bit better here so that's what we got on the card yeah i mean just just a loaded card i i have some additional thoughts we'll get into it during the match so uh for for an idiot like me that knows nothing walk us through how we got to these two yeah, this was actually a quick little build on this one. As we all know, like you know, if you don't know, it kind of teach you here. New twenty twenty four, give you a little lesson here. New Japan doesn't have like a weekly show or you know biweekly show like we see with AEW and WWE. Like a lot of it revolves around there might be some house shows, there might be you know these kind of big shows or tournament really that they host that go toward more of the story. So that's how they build a lot of this. You know, the big thing is. You know, you know, we've always talked about WWE doing this, like the G1 Climax tournament leading to whoever wins that is able to make, you know, is the main event of Wrestle Kingdom. Like, that's just, you know that, that's how it is. Like, they pick who their challenger is going to be at that point. And so um, you just kind of know that, which is always good to know really over the summer. You know, you know in the summer what your main event is going to be. Like, I, so I get, part of it, you're kind of stuck at that. But then also at the same time, like, it's good to know. Like, that, that kind of pre-planning, it's just kind of always the case. And so, um, so this Wrestle Kingdom though taking place, this was January fourth, twenty fifteen. We're gonna go back to November. It was actually Power Struggle. You had Nakamura beating the Intercontinental Champ Shibata, um, and then uh, it, after the match, it was Abushi actually entering the ring, beating up Nakamura, and issued a challenge to him. Um, and so, for in oh, kind of one of the weird things with New Japan or just kind of how they operate is they still work with like the weight classes. And so that's why you've got like the, you know, a lot of these belts we were talking about. You had the heavyweight championship, you had the junior heavyweight, the never, the open weight. Like there's all kinds of different ones. And so um, at this point, uh, up until uh, this, like these matches and this kind of Nakamura, Nakamura feuding with him. Uh, um, Abushi was actually a junior, and so he had bulked up, like you know, kind of looking at some of the pictures and stuff. You'll see him, like, so he actually had been moving up to the heavyweight class, which it's you know, not like Bronson Reed type heavyweight or like Otis heavyweight. Um, it's just it, it is more like a cruiserweight and then everything else type division, and so, um, so Abushi at this point had moved up to the heavyweight division and so taking on Nakamura for this one. And so um, they actually had a match. It was between the two of them at the 2013 G1 climax. Um, At the time it was rated the best bout of the year. So that was 23rd, the summer of 2013, um, Nakamura won that one in about 20 minutes. And so they had, I say, a little bit of history where they at least had a match, but it was really a very quick, you know, he challenged him. And then not a, unfortunately, not a ton happens between the challenge and the match. It's just that's it. That's what we get. And so uh, they're able to build through videos and vignettes and things like that. But really, they don't. The, the the match off if you will or you know the one off of the match really doesn't take place until like what they announce is what it's going to be and so that's how we get into this one um between these two guys at Wrestle Kingdom all right well we're we're watching this on daily motion um it's a 20 so no, I'm sorry it's a 34 minute 29 second video um Hosted by Brother Sloth two years ago. So pretty easy video to find. Um, 
yeah, let's, the match let's is watch not this that one. Long, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, 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 exactly. And then um, and we're going to start at the five-minute mark. So, Jeff, are you ready? I'm pulled up. Let's do this. All right. It's time for the payoff. Oh, it's time for the payoff. All right. Here we go. We're in the match here. Yep. So this was too. I would recommend if you have a little bit extra time, go back and watch Nakamura's entrance. This is for me. This is like very epitome of Nakamura New Japan. We get a little bit of this in um, WWE, but um, I, I would say Nakamura's working the heel angle a little bit more here. But also just kind of having his attitude and how he moves. Um, it's what I always think of is kind of the base or like the what nakamura yeah. is and so is the cocky kind of wrestler kind of the showman and so yeah yeah he looks very similar um, to how he works now right yeah absolutely um which i i i saw it on a few different things i think the best thing they ever did for his character was let him just start cutting promos in japanese um, Dude, how, like, how, how good is that oh my gosh so good and so like you know and i remember when he first like that was a big kind of point against him for right or wrong that you know oh he can't speak english or his english is really broken I, I remember even when you and i we had our day contracts at the performance center like it was still a, a, like him and oscar because they were both young in wwe at that point like there there was definitely that barrier for them and it's definitely gotten better you figure but um yeah just kind of yeah you know that's the way to do it like make him this heel that it, it, it's just fantastic to watch and so uh, a little bit of a slow start but that's just kind of how it goes with these matches so yeah i I, th I think these promos that they're doing are absolutely phenomenal 10 out of 10 i just love it i love something different it's just you know different difference risky you know there's look they've tried a lot of stuff that's been different that sucked i mean but i, I love trying it i just i think it's worked so well he's the perfect guy for it i love the kind of i don't know almost like comic book feel to it i love that mm -hmm. he's not speaking english because that traditionally in wrestling just makes you a heel right right yeah hey I'm, are you I'm from, from canada, canada. yeah Boo. yeah well, <laughs> yeah you're from canada you're it's fine I mean, it's like like canada's cool right it's just it's funny how like you know like like typically in a lot of cases like a mexican wrestler is a baby face right but right then the a canadian, yeah but canadian wrestler is a heel but like right it's just weird yep. like right like not like we, we have a problem with canada but um well, I do. And, and then, Jeez, course, wrestling's taught me to hate Canada. Like, yeah, I, I know, right? It really does. <laughs> um, so, so I, I, I just, I love what they're doing with that. I, I hope it can continue. I hope they can, you know, it, it's. I'll tell you, one of the interesting things right now is like, and I, and I applaud WWE for, I, I believe being a lot more disciplined with how many championships they have than AEW. Mm -hmm. um, arguably WWE has too many championships, but it doesn't really feel like that given how loaded the roster is. I mean, if you look at it and you say, Hey, on the men's side, we really have two world champions and two secondary titles, us and Eric Cottonell. So that's yep. only four guys out of, I mean, how many guys on Raw and SmackDown would you say are like superstars? Probably 20, Maybe. 30. Yeah, I mean, if you really yeah. go down the list, you know, 
uh, Drew and Sammy and KO and Seth and Roman and Jay and Cody. I mean, you could rattle off 30 names. So there's yep. only four titles for 30. <laughs> One of the world champions is completely part-time. Even the other world champion, I mean, they don't have him defending every week, which which is a good thing, right? Even Guther, I mean, they don't have him defending every single week. And so you have these – so I I think they've done a really good job. That being said, it's like, man, there there feels like there should be a, a title reign for Nakamura in there. But then you say, well, LA Knight should have a title, right? And Well, mm-hmm. Logan Paul, I mean, he's a that's a great champion. Like that's someone that gives them a lot of notoriety. It's just interesting. It's like there's so many guys that – a heel Drew McIntyre. Gosh, shouldn't he hold a championship, right? I mean, go down the yeah. CM Punk. Boy, well, he's got to be world champion. So it's just it really makes these titles mean something. But I look at Nakamura and I'm like, man, I I kind of like him to have a title at some point. But I I really feel like they've done a good job. Now I will tell you that as we went through that card, five of the last six matches had a championship involved, which mm-hmm. is too many. And yeah. I wonder, I wonder with like Tony Khan, how much of this has influenced him creating all these titles. And we're, I mean, that's AW titles, that's Ring of Honor titles. He made the decision to completely commingle the two promotions, which is a horrible idea, in my opinion. Um, you just have too many champions. I mean, I, I have no, I don't know who all the champions are. I couldn't, I don't even know if I could name all the champions or championship titles that they have. It's just too many. Nothing means anything. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to see what you know what happens with Nakamura. Um, let me let me ask you this: um, your your crystal ball for twenty twenty four. Let oh, me man, yeah. let me share let me share a few of mine, and, sure. and then you can share a few of yours. Uh, I'll start with the easiest one, which I believe Cody Rhodes finishes the story, um, but. It just, I mean, if, if Reigns holds the title for two more years, would you be like completely shocked? I, I wouldn't at this point. Nope. So I don't know. Now, if it is Cody Reigns at WrestleMania, you have to think that we're going to get the, you know, we're going to get the Cody title run. But it'll it'll be interesting to see what happens there. I, I tend to think, you know, Cody will be champion. Um, I know right now it's popular to think Punk wins the championship, but if you're going to do Punk Austin, you're not going to have a champion, uh, or you're not going to have a championship match most likely. So I don't know, man. I I tend to think Punk beats Rain or beats Rollins on night one, but then I'm like, is that too predictable? And are they going to give Punk the championship right off of the bat? Does that send the wrong message? Um, is Punk going to be a babyface or a heel? I don't know. So I do believe Punk wins the championship at WrestleMania night one. Um, off of I, Roman or off of Seth? Off of Seth. Okay, um, I, I, that that face-off did monster ratings, monster YouTube views. I think they just fell in a lot of ways because this punk thing just came about. I think they fell ass backwards into a match that could headline either night of WrestleMania. Uh, Those two are just fucking magic on screen. Uh, There's going to be a ton of heat. It feels real. It feels different. Capitalize while it's hot. Um, I I love it. So I do think punk's going to win the title. Uh, I I just punk is popular and incredibly popular. 
I love mm-hmm. the guy. I, I don't know why I love him, right? I just, for, for like, it, it's not like he's like the type of guy. I mean, you know, I, I don't love Chicago. I don't, I don't necessarily think I would enjoy meeting Punk. Like, I don't think we have anything in common, right? right. Like, he's kind of a tough guy to get along with. But for whatever reason, man, and, and somebody said it, and it might have been Eric Bischoff, um, but I, I heard this on a podcast recently. They said, when Punk's on screen, it feels real. Mm. And yeah. I, yeah. And how many guys can you say that about? Like, hey, I love Nakamura, but yeah, it's a, it's a character, right? Reigns, Roman Reigns is playing a character. Seth Rollins is a character. When I see Punk, I feel like it's real. And it just it there's something different about him, and people love him. And I I yes, I knew he was popular, but not popular among internet fans. Just popular, like the it, internet it makes, wrestling community yeah. loves him. Twitter loves him. Your twelve year old WWE fan loves him. Everyone loves the guy. They sell a ton of merch. People watch him, and. How do you not give him the championship and just go all in with the guy right now? Yeah, yeah, a lot of high action here in the match, kind of following it a little bit here. Yeah, so I think I set you, um, of course, and my page is reloading, reloading, so I'm going to need a timestamp. What's your timestamp? So I am at 14 minutes even. Okay. By the way, can you hear this sound? Uh, Not from the match, no. Okay. Um, Go ahead and finish your prediction. Yeah, I don't want to cut you off. Okay, no, no, no. So um, I think at some point next year, uh, and, and again, some of these predictions are a little off the wall, but that's that's fun, right? I see Heyman and Punk getting uh, teamed up as a uh, heel Punk. Eventually, I, I yeah. think there's, I, I think there's money in that. I think Roman Reigns is going to be the biggest baby face in the business uh, by the middle to end of next year. I think after Reigns loses at WrestleMania, uh, you keep him off TV for a while, and then boom, when he comes back, he is the biggest baby face in the business, uh, and he's an attraction. Um, I do think Steve Austin wrestles at WrestleMania. I don't think mm. it's against Punk because I don't think that you want the heel. Punk. I mean, I, I think annoying heel Punk versus babyface Steve Austin is a money match. Yep. I just think Punk's selling too much merch and they just can't do it right now. So they got to find someone for Austin. I don't know who that is. Um, like I think a Logan Paul would be fun, but I don't think it would be safe to have them in the ring necessarily. I think you need someone like a KO, like an AJ Styles, where okay, Steve Austin can trust his life, trust his neck with this guy. Um, here, here's one for you. I think the guy to end Gunther's reign is Braun Breaker. Mm. So that's it, and I could go on and on, but those are those are some predictions. Uh, let me just give you one more. I think sure. CM Punk, I, I think he's going to be with the company 10 years from now. I, I just, it just fits. Um, he likes being at the PC. He's getting along with everyone. He respects Triple H. He really respects HBK. He has friends in the locker room. He knows HBK this is, his is last one chance. of those friends. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Punk has no leverage, meaning there is nowhere else to go. There is nowhere else to work. Um, yep. So, I, I j- this just feels good. And I know a lot of people got pissed. Oh, he said he's home. It's his home. He, yeah. it, this is where, I mean, this is where he met his wife. This is where he started his career. This is where he went from being, you know, a guy on the indies that very few people knew to being a worldwide superstar. What's wrong with that? 
oh, well, he had a falling out. Oh, he said all these mean things. Hey, have you ever dated someone that you said horrible things about and you got back together with? Oh, yeah, that happens all the fucking time. Oh, have yeah. you ever left a company and gone back to work there? Hey, have you ever been mad at your employer? Hey, have you ever worked for a boss you had a falling out with, but you went back? This is life. This is what happens. So it did, did Punk, was Punk honest about how he felt seven years ago? Yes. Is he being honest now? Yes. Do people's perspective change? Triple H. He had no love loss for Punk either. And I'm sure they thought never in a million years. But guess what? Time heals wounds. People grow up. People change. And if you can't understand that, then you're the type of person that holds grudges forever, that never grows up, that never changes their perspective. And that's not a healthy way to live. Yeah. So I think I texted you the other day. I, I or I had a I have a buddy actually that when Punk came back, he said, uh, I said I sporadically watch I've watched wrestling forever, and then I fully watched in the build to Mania 27 due to The Rock coming back, but I stuck around because of Punk. I I, I forget where I read it or I, I sent it some, something or I forget if I yeah. listened to it on a podcast, but. For, to get into my predictions here, and I'll say it for everybody on the show here, so that, uh, a lot of people watching now may not even know him from his first run, and a lot more don't give a shit about the AEW to care enough about the backstage stuff. And so I think that that is, a, like, you and I are big marks, but a lot of people that listen to the show are make marks probably and, and know that type of stuff. But, like, I think I have a friend right now, she's got two kids that are, like, 12 and 10 and so she you know w wants to get her kids into it she knows she can trust me for you know who to talk to but she's like they don't like those kids don't know punk's first run they don't know the aew stuff they're like they really like cody and so but then they see cody kind of okay the, you know there's a little bit of mic work with punk and then all of a sudden you've got like oh. this yeah there's a bumaye yeah from uh shinsuke to the back of, of Bushi's head yeah Big hard yeah, he hitting totally match. misses that. I mean, which is a nasty yeah. bump. And then, wow. There's um, an old ratty IWGP belt, which I love. Um, and so. Hey, quick, quick question for you. When they're doing the replays and they're showing them full screen, do you like that? Yeah, I do. I I, I just I like the different presentation. I kind of dig it. Yeah, I like the different presentation. And so I think that that's a lot better. So, so I'm with you on some of these matches. I'll, and I'm kind of focusing on Mania here. I think Cody and Roman make sense. I think Punk and Seth make sense. Um, I'm absolutely with you on the Heyman stuff. I think how do you, taking it a step further, how do you instantly give credibility to that title that people say is the secondary title? You have Punk win it on night one. You have Roman either, he could retain the Universal, but you have Heyman going, leaving with Punk after that match, and it instantly gives gravitas to that title that it didn't have the day before, and so, and it's no longer the secondary title. Um, I, you know, for a while there, they've been building to the Usos, like you know, the two of them having their match. Um, I, uh, I know they're slowly, and I think we're gonna see it. Uh, you said Gunther and Braun Breaker. I think it's going to be Gunther and Brock, and I think Gunther's going to go over. And so, I like Brock doesn't need the Intercontinental Belt, and so, um, but Gunther could keep doing it, and that would be a massive win for him to get that. Um, and I then just find I, it hard to believe that right after Lesnar put over Cody, he's going to put over Gunther. I, I get yeah. the thinking. I'm just like, it's just hard for me to imagine Lesnar losing twice. Um, yeah. 
but maybe we get the Lesnar trilogy and he wins the second and wins the third. Um, I mean, obviously they could do three matches with those two, but it's a little clunky with the IC title involved. Is Lesnar going to win the IC title at any point? But yeah, I, I do think it makes yeah. a lot of sense. I mean, th- those two at WrestleMania, that's a main event. Yeah. I mean, Gunther Lesnar IC title. Could you main event a night with it? Yep. Of course you could. Yeah. And, and so, and then get a little, just, it's just load. It's just loaded right now. Loaded. Well, and that, well, look at the people we're leaving out here. And so like, that's the other Drew, thing. Like, Sammy, KO, maybe well, there's and, a rock match out there. Maybe there's an Austin match out there. Logan you, Paul, I, I think is fun as hell. I love watching him. I LA think LA Knight, LA Knight will beat Logan Paul. I think that's a good match right Fine, there. Sign I, me I think up. Getting oh. crazy with this too. You got what about Randy Orton and Cody Rhodes? Are you going to go down a legacy type thing here and and do that? Like yeah, I forgot what, about Randy Orton. What do, do you think? Need do with him? No. And so I think there's no. a lot of that. I think uh, larger predictions for 2024. I think Ring of Honor is going to die. I actually read an article or it was Bischoff that was saying that like kill Ring of Honor. You're wasting resources. Like everything we're hearing about some of the. I think it is it is going to be a massive year for TV deals. I know this. Just a couple of weeks ago, like I sent you some article, like Punk, you know, Punk reopened a door, it seems like, with some of the WB stuff, which is TNT and TBS. And so, like, yeah, no matter how we feel about Punk, and even I'll say, I will, I will shout out, we had a, a fan on Instagram that was like, we, you should, you guys should just do a special episode on Punk and him coming back. Uh, who's this? Kenoki6889. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, which shout out to you. Uh, you know, I, I will say I have 180 on punk when I, I know I specifically said WWE doesn't need punk. Uh, but on the flip side, like punk does need WWE. And now that I've seen it, like I'm a believer. Like, and, you know, um, I guess never, never, never in a million. Yeah. yeah. Instantly became a top three merchandise mover and probably needle mover in general. Never, I, look, I just never thought it would be this big. I yeah. mean, it it is unbelievable how over he is, the, the, the noise, the ratings, the YouTube views, the merch sales. I mean, it is unbelievable. And remember, think about how many people in that audience never watched him wrestle. Yep. So, I mean, you, you know, you... You one of the things you can't it's it's virtually impossible to to quantify, okay? Is um God, now now my video went out. Where are you at? I'm at 2321, two, three. Oh. Oh. He's gonna pull him up Nakamura. What's he oh he's gonna pull him up from the outside here? Give give me it right now. 23, 35, 36, 37. Yep. 38, 39. Jeez. Big suplex from the outside of the inside. How how, how is daily motion in business? Like I just don't Like I just but but I mean the 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 quality of the video is great and there's like no ads on this thing and it's 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 fantastic. Um but no, I I just I I I I cannot believe how big the punk thing is. Oh yeah, and I, I I just it's 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 like impossible to quantify, but it's like how how valuable is Peacock, the network, the archives to WWE? Because oh, yeah. someone like Punk that maybe maybe in the nineties 
no one would have known who he was if he came back all those years later, right? It would have been like uh, Bob Backlund. Well, who the hell is he? You know, now it's like the network just makes these guys like stars forever. You know, best of best of punk all yeah, of a sudden. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> yep. Yep. Big elbows here. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And just kind of well, and the other thing, Damian Priest still has the the briefcase. Yep. Like yeah, there's there's so many little things here that you and I like. You know, and, and, and that's and and, and 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 let me let me fantasy book that for you. Punk wins the title, and then at the end of the show, Priest comes out, but Punk beats him too. I just yeah. don't. D- Damian Priest with the the with this roster, Damian Priest is not a champion. And by the way, this match is just yeah, Falcon Arrow there. Yeah, I think and there's yeah. another big Boomaye. Oh my gosh! I think and that's the like way these game. guys. Oh, what a finish! There's the finish. The, yeah. the way the way these guys work is just so real. It's so fluid. Um, that yep. that that just felt real. Yeah, that like that that I mean, and I'm exaggerating a little bit, but like that's something where if you put that in front of someone and told them it was real, they might believe you. If yep. you put a young bucks match in front of someone, they're going to be like, "This is this is super kick party is not real." Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, this is just. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So loved it. Um yep. yeah. That yeah. was that was great. Well, and we haven't even talked so, about the women. Oh, so, was, I, so so yeah. so the th- the thing with Priest, it, it's just with this roster, it's just he's not a world champion. I mean, you go back and it's like, you know, all these guys that cashed in money in the bank, and, and no offense to any of them, but Miz and Ziggler and it, it just Please don't give the title to Priest. I'm not mm-hmm. saying he's not a future world champion, but actually let him earn it and win it the right way. I like the idea, though, and, and you could do it with Cody uh, or you could do it with Punk, but have one of them win the title and then tease the hell out of it, like, wow, this is definitely going to happen, and then have them have them win it. Like, And maybe Cody's the one because it would be like, he finished the story, thank you, and then boom, you – pummel him with the briefcase and you know completely screw him over and all the judgment days out there and then boom he he wins it and, well, and the other the other be, crazy thing cool. that we've never seen do we have dual briefcases does he not is he not able to cash it in up until the next i think you have to do it within a year okay okay got it that makes sense i feel but, like okay. they say that all the time so all right great 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 match let's get yep. into the aftermath. Oh, it's time for the aftermath. All right, what'd you think? Yeah, it's just it's what I expected. Like it's just fantastic. They got like kind of selling it in the ring after this point. They're putting the belt on Nakamura, you know, retaining. Um, just really good stuff here. Um, and, and kind of seeing that. And so yeah, all in the ring. Like they they, uh, it's exactly what I would expect from a New Japan match of this caliber. Yep. All right. Um, best so, yeah. match pull. This wins, you know, yep. kind of. And, and the other fun thing about this, too, is this show. Uh, I don't know if you saw it or not. 337 uh, observer votes. This was all thumbs up, which is kind of cool. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah, that, it's rare to see a zero here. So, what happened after this one point? So, um, there was actually kind of some weird, I, I, not weird stuff, but just kind of how the storyline. So, it was actually this Wrestle Kingdom 9, it was actually Yuji Nagata. He had actually uh, been on 21 
Um, yeah, consecutive Tokyo show appearances at 21 by featuring on the pre-show instead of the main card. So it broke that streak. And so he said he felt slighted. Um, and it, it was the next day, actually, he challenged Nakamura for the championship. Uh, it was the first time he had been in the championship picture in a long time. Um, and Nakamura beating him at that point. That was the new beginning in Sendai. Uh, Nakamura, Abushi uh, uh, on this one, he ended up winning the tw- or, yeah 2015 New Japan Cup tournament in March, uh, beating Goto, Goto in the finals. And so he was able to choose the championship to challenge. Um, he picked a match actually against, uh, at this point, who is uh, a Bullet Club, uh, AJ Styles for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. And so then Goto went and challenged Nakamura at this point. So um, uh, Bushi failed. It was actually April 5th, an invasion attack 2015. And Goto beat Nakamura, uh, who was wrestling Dantaku in 2015 to become the IWGP championship and so um just you know more of the story just kind of kept going got matches against uh goto matches against aj styles kind of you know bushi not winning the belt but we know that like nowadays he's you know very popular he's tagged with kenny omega for you know a long time there um i did look it up because i was curious because we got the cody and nakamura stuff in wwe they never really ran into each other in new japan uh cody was feuding with omega a lot but they never had a match um themselves between nakamura and cody in new japan the biggest storyline cody was dealing with was who was in charge of the bullet club with omega and so that was a big part of their storyline so you know i just i was curious more than anything so yeah but um yeah like you said on this one well pwi abushi was 40 nakamura was five in 2015 um uh, Jim Ross actually and Matt Stryker were the American yep. announced team on this one. And so um, the torch on this one said, uh, yeah, Ross at Ibushi at age 32 debuted in 2009 and has an amazing future. Good eyes there. Uh, Ross said Nakamura is a huge fan of Freddie Mercury and a Michael Jackson devotee and a badass. He said that's a unique journey to go from Mercury to Jackson to badass when describing a wrestler. Stryker said Nakamura is his favorite wrestler on the planet today. Ross said he's as charismatic as any wrestler on the planet. So high marks there for these guys. Uh, great action great story told in the ring between the two wrestlers this type of match where with a little backstory and perspective regarding what's at stake the action in the ring along with the emotive body language and facial expressions tells the rest of the compelling dramatic story this all clicked in all those ways four and a half stars from the torch uh, this, like you said, not only the overall card, it was all thumbs up, but this one beating actually the main event of Tanahashi and Okada uh, by almost double, about 100 more votes on this one. Um, uh, just some few notes. They pumped him up as maybe the greatest talent in the business, and Nakamura in this match came across as the best wrestler in the world today. Nakamura was the only guy who got a special ring entrance. He came out looking like the Statue of Liberty. Um, it, would, it was actually a Voltron reference, whatever. That's a nerdy thing. But anyways, so, so uh, but anyways, yeah. He came out with that way. Uh, Nakamura on the apron. Abushi climbed to the top rope. Uh, he, had a, he gave him a German suplex, which is a Cesaro type of feat of strength. Abushi went for the Phoenix Plex uh, that his best friend invented and taught him, which would have been a mega. Uh, Nakamura broke it up with a headbutt and started throwing elbows like crazy. Nakamura hit a Bumaye on the back, a backstabber, a falcon arrow, and finally a regular Bumaye for the pin. This was an all-time classic match from Dave Meltzer. Five stars. So... Tom, where are you going to put this one? So, yeah, I, I 
obviously don't know some of the nuance, so I probably don't appreciate this as much as other people. To me, this is just more of like a match than, oh, yeah. well, I know the history and I know these things. So, but still, I give this thing an eight. Yeah. So, and I could see how someone would put it even higher. I just thought this was awesome. Um, you know, that for me, like that match with a build and a, you know, great, uh, you know, video prior explaining the storyline, like could be a 10, like if it was at WrestleMania, you know, I mean like that, that's how good I thought this was though, but I, I loved it. What about you? Yeah. So I am, uh, I'm putting this at a nine because I, I am very big on uh, new Japan always does a very good job. WWE has gotten better in the last few years of telling a story in the ring. I think that if you have two of the best, like two of the best wrestlers, I think adding that component. So this didn't have, I say, a good build outside of the ring, but in the ring, they told the story that it's easy to tell. I know Kenny Omega is another one. A lot of his new Japan matches are, are this way. On the flip side, WWE does a has always done a great job of telling a story outside of the ring. Whether the story is good or bad doesn't matter. They're telling it, but you know, promos, whatever, face offs contract signings but it, lately they've gotten better at what they're doing in the ring and it really does have you on the edge of your seat so i think you put those things together if it had had that a little bit more i would give it a 10 but i think the in-ring work was just phenomenal and so because we look at all of the different packages here like the in-ring work was a 10 but because there's some lacking for some of that other stuff i'm going to give it a um a nine but overall like i, I as we say, this is what I would tell people. Go watch this match. Yep. Loved it. Loved yep. it. Loved it. Um, good one. Good pick. Uh, next week, we got a four-way cruiserweight match. I'm looking forward to that. Sold out 1999. So crazy. All right. Man. We're off and running another year. Uh, another year of the payoff. And I do uh, as always... Oh, yes. Got to plug our shit, man. Don't forget about that. Please, new please year, do. new you, all that stuff. Don't forget Manscaped. They still got some post-Christmas deals, um, but also making sure you're using our code PAYOFF. It's getting you 20% off. There's so much new stuff in the store. I actually got a couple things for Christmas that Jill ordered, didn't tell me, my, my wife. And so, yeah, I think that we've got like some, some good things happening here um, that if you're looking to improve yourself in 2024, make that resolution, uh, you know, trying to make yourself a little bit better. Manscaped.com using our promo code payoff. It's getting you 20% off and free shipping the whole store, anything you need. And of course, too, the Caldera and Lab. Again, more men's products, more to make you feel good, look good. Same thing using that code pay or payoff. Also getting you 20% off uh, anything in the store. So yeah, start the year off right with all that good stuff. Awesome. Good work. Good, uh, good job picking this one. Looking forward to next week, and we'll see you on an all-new episode of The Pack.